This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as part of the 2022 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. But look at us. Look at us, guys. Who would have thought, right? Not me. Not me. Um, we have been through it. Last word training, get lit. Y'all know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just going to start by praying quick and we're going to get started. So, Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you um, for your grace and your mercy. Um, thank you for carrying us through this summer. It's been, it's been a wild summer. It's been great. Um, I just pray for... This time right now, God, I pray that um, my words would be helpful. I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that um, it would be your spirit at work in this room, in our hearts, um, and that there would just be so much grace and mercy flowing um, in everyone's hearts here this morning. Um, yeah, in your name, amen. Okay, so as we know, the prompt for word training was. Um, a Bible passage that has impacted your life. And there's, you know, obviously a lot. And I was kind of thinking, and my freshman year, we went through a Bible study on Jesus' interactions with women, which was just so impactful for me because I think going through school and high school, I kind of read the Bible just to kind of read the Bible, but this was reading the Bible to see who Jesus was how he interacted with people and what he thought about sinners and what he thought about me. And so going through those passages really helped me see who Jesus was. Um, so next slide, Sam. So I kind of came to the conclusion like, if I can know God, then I want to know him well. Like, if I can even know a glimpse of the maker and king of the whole universe, like, I can even just touch a glimpse of that then I want to know him as well and like as much as I possibly can. And so Jesus is literally God, and we have a book of him just living life. And so we get to see how he lived and how he thought, and which is so cool. So my passage is Luke 7, 36 through 50. If you want to turn there, it's kind of a long one, but we are going to read through it because it is awesome. So it's up here where you can flip through it, but um, I'm just going to read it. So, um, a sinful woman forgiven. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. 
Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, um, that's a long passage. There's a lot there. I'm sure you all kind of already know it. But something that I've done in the past is after reading it, we're going to go through and we're going to read it again. And I want you guys to just close your eyes, just kind of listen, like let me speak the story over you, and I want you to imagine you're there. Close your eyes. Perfect. So, I know we're all tired, but try to really like engage in what's happening, imagine yourself there, whatever that looks like for you. And I'm just going to read it again. Okay. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one I suppose for whom he canceled the love of debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then, turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with her ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Okay. You can open your eyes. Um, and I just want you guys to take like a minute probably um, and just kind of think to yourself, where do you see yourself in this story? Like when you were kind of imagining yourself there, like who are you relating to the most? Where are you seeing yourself and why? And then with that, then think about how Jesus responded to that person. So just take a minute, kind of reflect on that. Simple little reflection. Okay, that was a little over a minute. We're going to have some more reflections kind of at the end, but um, something to keep thinking about. But moving into the story just a little more, um, there's a lot we can know about this passage. There's a lot we can study. There's a lot we can go into. I mean, it's long. You guys know the end of it. You could do a lot with that. Um, but for the sake of time, and what I want to talk about, 
we're just going to go over some broad things and then kind of the main thing we want to talk about. But in this passage, it's clear we have two main characters besides Jesus. So we have the woman, and we know that she is of the city and the sinner. And it's kind of a big deal that the Bible says old and then the woman of the city, the sinner. So this woman is known. Um, most all commentators would say she's probably a prostitute. And that was just a very shameful profession. Obviously, it's very simple. And so that's her, but we see that she is honoring Jesus. She is doing what the host was supposed to do. And then we have Simon the Pharisee, and he invited Jesus over, but he didn't honor him. Jesus said this, like, you didn't wash my feet. And that's kind of what you did to show respect to someone who invited over. And so Simon didn't do that. So he did not have that much respect for Jesus. Just kind of inviting Jesus over, didn't see him. You know, he's questioning, like, if this man was a prophet. Uh, but the funny thing is, you know, he's pointing out this woman's sin, but he's also a sinner. Like, we're all sinners. Um, but he's very prideful in his sin. So, this goes with what I call, what we call, the Pac-Man diagram. And we want to call it that because it kind of looks like a Pac-Man if you were to close it out. But you can also call it the cross-chart diagram, whatever you want. But I think that this story and these characters kind of give us the picture that we see in the Pac-Man diagram. So with the Pac-Man diagram, we see at the moment of conversion, that's when we split. Okay, And so from there, we are now aware of who God is, his holiness, his goodness. And then we were also now aware of our sin and how we don't measure up. And so the point is, as we are going through life and as we are being sanctified and growing, we are going to start to know more and more and more of who God is. And at the same time, as we're seeing how good and holy and perfect and righteous he is, we should at the same time be seeing how we are clearly not. Um, but the beauty of that is, you know, as we got this gap going, we have the cross in the middle, which is crazy. So the gospel kind of brings us together to show that, yes, God is so holy and we are so not. But with Jesus, we can have a relationship with him and are forgiven. And so my freshman year with this Bible study, um, with this passage, we kind of we went over the Pac-Man diagram. And I remember the staff teaching it. And I was sitting there and I was like, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Like, Jesus died for me, and I'm not supposed to live in sin anymore, so, like, why would I focus on my sin? Like, shouldn't I just focus on, like, following Jesus and being a better person and, like, doing all the right things? Like, I don't really want to see my sin, and quite frankly, I don't really see my sin. Like, I think I'm pretty dang good. But then they went into uh, this next part, the next slide, of two wings that you can kind of lean toward if you're not allowing the gospel to speak into that area. So it's kind of confusing, but the first on top, so if you're failing to see your own sin and you are not allowing the gospel, you are seeing how holy God is, you're not seeing your own sin, and you're not allowing the gospel to speak into that, you're going to start trying to think only like God's holiness and how you need to live up to that. And so you're more likely then to fall into religion, moralism, self-justification, legalism, pride, because you're not 
you're not allowing the gospel to begin to God. You're just relying on yourself to be able to like attain the level of God's holiness. And so that's kind of where I was of, I'm great. Like, I have Jesus, and I am going to live up to that, and I am going to be awesome. And so I'm not going to even think about my own sin. But then on the other hand, you can start just thinking about your own sinfulness. And when you're focusing on your sin, you're kind of focusing on yourself, and you're failing to see God's goodness and what he's done for you. Like, you're failing to see how holy he is. Um, or you are seeing that, and you're not allowing the gospel to speak into that. And so you're still um, feeling like you can't measure up, and you're not being freed from your sin and your shame. And so that's the other. I wasn't there. Maybe some of you guys are there. There's kind of two wings where you can maybe land. Um, so for me, I struggled to acknowledge my own sin, and I didn't see the need for it. But Jesus himself says, on the next slide, he says, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And I remember last year there was a talk, I can't remember who it was, I can't remember what the talk was, but he said, light sin equals cheap grace. And, you know, I thought there was no reason to focus on my sin. He had forgiven me, and I thought I was pretty good. So I started talking to my staff person at lunch, and I was like, listen, I was. Like, I'm kind of trying to see my sin. Like, I get what you're saying, but I don't really want to. I don't really know how. And she kind of recommended this thing called the spiritual discipline of confession, which you all probably know about. Hopefully you've been doing it in a group. Um, and she was like, Haley, if you ask God to show you your sin, he's going to do it. Like, he will do it. It might not be right away. It might just be sitting there praying and he'll just, like, bring everything. But he's going to start doing it. And so I did that, and it was really hard. It was like, oh, shoot. Like, God's like, hey, you know that friend in high school? And kind of, the way you treated her, you talked about her, like, you should go apologize to her. And I was like, really? Like, really? Like, it's been a year. I haven't really talked to her. And he's like, no, you should, you should really talk to her and kind of restore our relationship and apologize. I was like, okay, okay. And, I mean, there's plenty more, but it's like, he will bring that to light because that's a good thing. It's good to see our sin. And the thing with that is that you need to have your gospel lens on. Like, you have to be going to the cross. You need to be having your community telling you, like, yes, you are very sinful, but God is so good. And a cross, like, Romans 8, there's therefore not no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so that is so important. And the thing with seeing your sin, kind of going back to Mike's talk, this is a quote, next slide, Sam, um, from my class this past year, Carl Sherman's his name, it was like Grace Malone or something, this is book. But um, he says that sin is violent, lethal rebellion against God, and biblical grace is God's violent, raw, and bloody response. And like, that's why the cross is such a big deal. Like, think about it. Our sin, whether you are stealing, murdering, like all the ones that we would say are really bad sins, or if you're lying, or just being frustrated and angry all the time, um, not having helpful words, like, all of it is sin, and it is, like, violently against God. We see that in the Bible. Like, he does not 
his very job. It's like he can't be with sin. And the thing with biblical grace is like, when you think about Jesus on the cross, like that is violent, that is raw, and that is bloody. And that was for us. Like that is what we should have had. And um, Jesus took that and said, like Christ literally took what God's response towards sin is died the death, like, if you just think about him on the cross, like, that should make you feel some sort of way, like, our sin, no matter how small we think it is, like, needed Christ to die some gruesome, horrendous, terrible, torturous death. Um, And that's, like, what it needed. And so, if we are seeing that in the gospel, it's like, yeah, I need that. And so that's why we have to see both sides. Um, so then another like sweet Tim Weller, Tim Weller quote um, that just kind of sums up even what we see in the Pac-Man diagram is we're more wicked than we've ever believed, but we are also more loved and accepted in Christ than we've ever dared to hope. Um, which is just so sweet that as we are seeing our sin, that makes the gospel and that makes what Christ did for us so much sweeter. And that goes into every single part of life. Like, the gospel is not just how you get saved. It is how you continue to live and how we should be acting and responding to each other um, in our relationships and school and home and everything. So, um, just a little final reflection time going with the Bible passage um, to now, and I want you to even just think about this summer. I was at the group and we were just kind of sharing, and I was thinking, like, at the end of the summer, you just spent two months living with people that you did not know. Like, for the most part, you probably didn't know them. You weren't friends with them, and you didn't get much sleep. You worked really hard. You had a lot of fun. You stayed up late, got up early. Like, we have just been tired. We've been grinding. Maybe you didn't get along with your roommates. Like, where are you? Are you at the point of you have seen your sin this summer and you are just feeling so down by it and so whether ashamed or guilty or just bad about it? Or are you maybe on the other side and you're thinking after two months of getting the word and having gospel conversations and doing talks and doing evangelism and all of these things, are you like, yes, I am feeling so good and maybe even like a bit prideful in that? Like, where are you? Just honestly, in your heart, what do you say you relate to either of these sides right now? And then where do you need to let the gospel speak into your life today? Where do you need people to speak into that? Where do you need to allow Jesus to come in and speak into your heart? So take a few minutes, reflect on that, and then we're going to move into workshop. Rolling back to the Acts prayer model uh, we did with Billy a month ago. And I was like, this is perfect. Because when you think about it, adoration, the worship of God for who he is, like his goodness, his holiness, and then confession, like you're seeing our own sin, thanksgiving, it's like, thank you Jesus for the cross, like we're putting these two things together, um, and then supplication, like with that, we are secure in Jesus and we can present our request to God. So, what we are going to do, Zach thinks it'd be a great idea for us to do this in our rooms, um, so we can be praying out loud together and just getting more comfortable with that. 
So we want you guys to be comfortable with praying out loud with each other. Um, it's just so sweet to do together. So it's going to be a little while because this room's a little small. But if we can try to get in our rooms, um, and let me give a few more instructions. But it's like people can maybe sit on the floor, find some chairs. If you want to go outside, you can maybe like take a picture of the screen. But what we're going to do is we're going to do like six or seven minutes of the first one, and then I'll tell you when to switch. So just like pray out loud for that whole time and do the first one. We can go over there. Okay. So then you don't have to be outside. And then we're going to move into confession, but that one's going to be a little different. And so um, maybe you've been doing this in your D group already, but we're probably, I'm wanting you guys to take like three minutes, pray by yourself, um, like ask God to reveal sin to you or have your own time with God, just like, uh, confessing your sin to him, asking him to reveal it, whatever that looks like for you. And then in the last four or five minutes, um, if you guys are comfortable, and I would highly recommend you do this, is to share with your roommates. And then they will be able to speak the gospel over you. And so First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin to each other, or if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Pull that baby up and read that over each other after you confess. It's super sweet. That's what um, we've done in my group for many years now. It's just really sweet to speak the word over each other. Um, and then the next person shares. So super simple. And then when we're done with that time, Thanksgiving, so on and so forth. But I'll probably give you guys time so we can stay on track. So if you go in the other room, I'll probably just come in and yell at you. But get in your rooms. Start, find a place, start with adoration, take, it'll be like six or seven minutes, I'll tell you when to switch, and then we'll be home. Good deal. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2022 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.